Dude, take a deep breath and relax, okay? <laughs> see uh, uh, some money stuff up there. I can see some of y'all are tensing up. Here's what I want you to do. It's not really a trick. I, if you got a wallet or a billfold, something like that, I want you to take it out real quick. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Come on. You down front. I see you. All right. Anybody got a 20 down here? Especially down front. Anybody got a 20? I got a 2. You got a 2? I don't Who has a $2 bill? What is... <laughs> Leave it to the student ministry intern to have a $2 bill. It's so weird. Anybody, anybody have a 20? Can I see it? Can I have that real quick? I've always wanted to do this. I don't need it or anything. I just wanted to see if he'd give it to me, and he did. <laughs> not going to ask any of y'all else. He's like, is he going to keep it? Yes, I am. I asked him if I could have it. He gave it to me. We're done with that illustration. I'll pray about giving it back. He's, he's like, he's ready to fight. Like, hey, just chill out, Mickey. You're my guy. You know I'll get you back. I'll buy you lunch or something with your money. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. So we're going to be talking about money, and y'all got to relax. As we're talking about this, here's what I want you to understand. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four Gospels, right, that tell the story of Jesus. Give us a, uh, an eyewitness testimony of his life. Nearly 15% of what is recorded in the Gospels is Jesus talking about money. Did y'all realize that? If you think about it, the widow's mighty. He's talking about tithing, tithing of the Pharisees and giving. It's throughout Scripture. He talks about it all the time. And so if we have a sermon series or we go through Scripture and we don't talk about tithing, that means we're unbiblical. I just want to set your mind at ease about something else too. We're not talking about tithing because finances are bad in our church. Uh, historically, our giving is better today than it's ever been in the history of our church. And we're like 104, almost 105 years old. And so... This is not out of like, oh no, we're not doing good. This is because uh, we want to be faithful to Scripture. Here's another thing that's so important about money that you may not understand. You know, the primary reason couples fight, families have issues in their marriage, in their family life, is because of finances, especially in the first year. 67% of first-year marriage fights, according to studies, are about finances. And here's the other thing about finances, which... We proved, I feel, but Mickey's going to give me this eye. I'm just going to give you your $20 back. It's fine. Look, quit giving me the stink eye, dude. It's just a joke. Take a joke, man. We all have money, right? Everybody has money, but not all of us have as much as we want. Do I get an amen on that one? Amen. But can I tell you something about your financial situation? How many of you have a home? Can I see your hand? Anybody drive here in a vehicle? If you have those two things... Just by the numbers alone and by your possessions, you are in the 95th percentile of the wealthiest people in the world. Some of you are like, whoa, 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 I just live in an apartment. I know, I know, and it has heat, AC, water. Some of you have a house. You're like, yeah, but it's a small house. You don't understand, you have a house with indoor plumbing. You are rich beyond your comprehension. You're like, no, I'm not. I would love to take you to the slums in Mexico or Kibera in Kenya. And you will see the amazing amount of wealth God has blessed you with. So as we're doing this, I just want you to take a deep breath and relax. We're not talking about giving because we have to, because we're doing bad. We're talking about giving because it's in Scripture and we're supposed to. Okay, one of my mentors talked about one of the greatest regrets he had in his life and his ministry. He goes, you know what? I led a faithless church in giving because I refused to talk about tithing. 
I want to be guilty of that. I want to be guilty of that. I want to be faithful to the Word of God. And as we are in this new series, what's funny is we're actually going to stay in Proverbs today. Proverbs chapter 3, 9, and 10 says this. And this is to make your life better. This is to give you an appreciation for all that you have. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Remember that? Hey, you 95th percentile richest people in the world. Honor the Lord with your, how many of y'all just feel better saying that? You're like, you know, I never thought about that. I am wealthier than I thought. Some of y'all are like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Anyway, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. Everybody say that word with me. First fruits of all your crops. Some of y'all are like, I'm off the hook. I'm not a farmer. This is great, right? (laughs) With first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The Baptist interpretation of that is grape juice, by the way. <laughs> now, as you're talking through this and you're thinking through this, what I want you to understand about giving of your first fruits is that when you give first, it aligns your faith with God's provisions. When you give of your first fruits, When you give of that which God has given, it has this ability when you give to align your heart with God's mission, to align your heart with God's church, to align your heart with God's purpose, to align your heart with God's people. Giving is a gift that we think is a burden, but giving gives us so much whenever we embrace the idea of giving. Now, we're going to use the word tithe a lot today. And so as we use the term tithe, I just want to give you a simple definition as we ease into this. Tithe simply means 10% or one-tenth of your annual produce or earnings. So you see Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, you're like, okay, produce, yeah, but also earnings, okay? So a tithe just simply means 10%. So when the scripture tells us that we are to give of our first fruits, honor the Lord with your wealth, And with the first fruits of all your produce, what we need to understand when we do that, when we give first, giving first puts everything in our life in order. When we give first, it prioritizes our hearts. It makes everything fall in line where it's supposed to. Because when you give first, it puts God above everything else in your life. There's a a scripture verse that says this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And whenever we give God first above all else, it makes God first. We're seeking him first. We're seeking to be obedient first. We're putting him above everything else. Everything else falls in order. And it prioritizes our heart to God's will and his work and his plan for our lives. Like giving first actually has quite a bit of benefits for us and our Lord because giving first, if, if you just think about it, acknowledges the giver. A lot of times we look at our financial situations, right? Especially in the past two, three months. Like any of y'all investors in stocks, like you, you look at it and one day you're doing great, the next Next day, you're like, man, are we on, on our road to depression, right? Like, and maybe if we're not on a depression, you're feeling depressed because of the stock market, right? As you think through this, what giving does, when you give first to God, is automatically you look at your check, you look at your income, and you're like, God, you blessed me with this. Instead of worrying about what we don't have, when we give first, we realize that God's giver, and it helps us not take things for granted, Like when we say, Lord, you've commanded me to do this, 
You've given me this much money and I only have to, to be faithful in 10%. Now, you got to be faithful in everything, but you're only asking 10% back. It gives us the ability to say, God, you, you've given me this. And then when we take a step back, instead of complaining in the house that we live about or that we live in or complaining about the car that we drive, we can take a step back and say, God, you've been faithful to give me a home, heat, air, gas, water, electric, plumbing. God, you've given me food. I may not be able to eat a prime rib every night or a filet every night, but Lord, you've given me all that I need and so much more. Giving acknowledges the giver and giving first prioritizes the givers. You, you think about this. I, I just want to tell you like the, this tip for giving first because the scripture is very, very clear. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. There is a way that, that you can acknowledge God first and that you can put everything in line. How many of y'all use automatic bill pay for anything? Any of y'all do this? Some of y'all are like, no. You and my grandmother, right? Like, yeah. I saw one hand who was like, no. When we give first, what it does is it allows us to acknowledge that giver. And whenever we're thinking about automatic bill pay, it puts our hearts in, in, in a place of peace, right? Like, we have a mortgage payment that, that we generally make. Heat. Gas, water, electric, right? Like we have all these things. Whenever we have those things set up on automatic bill pay, you know what you don't have to do? You don't have to worry about it. And whenever we're talking about this idea of giving first acknowledges the giver, there's this, this thing that we have that it should be automatic in our heart and our life to honor God with the things that we've given because giving first, whenever we give of our first fruit, it proves our faith in the provider. And, and this is what I'm, I mean by automatic bill pay. And, and this is what, what I've done. I don't know how many of y'all are like tithers who give automatically and some of you who, who might struggle with the idea of tithing, giving of your first fruits. But for me, what I did when I came here, and I started doing this back whenever I worked at Prestonwood several years ago, is I had this struggle of remembering whether or not I'd written my check for the month. Have y'all ever been there before? And so I went to... The financial person there, I did it whenever I went to First Baptist Jinx, and whenever I came here, I talked to Darren, who was over the finances. He wrote the checks and everything. I remember going to him, I said, this is what I need. I need you, before I get my check, to deduct 10% of it. And I want you to do this so I don't have to debate whether or not I have written that check and given my tithe. Like, I want it to be automatic in my life. And the reason that I want to do this is I never want to question whether or not I've tithed. Now, I remember the first question I got when I got here after I said that. They said, okay, do you want us to get, do you want to tithe off the gross or the net? My, my thought whenever he asked me this, is this some kind of trick question? <laughs> like I'm a day into the job and you're asking me this. And I remember what Mike Buster, the executive pastor at Prestonwood said at one point when he was talking about giving. I said, look, Darren, for the record, I don't want to be netly blessed. I want to be grossly blessed. So please give off the gross. That's what I want to do. But whenever we give first, and, and this is what I love about the, the automatic deduction from my paycheck. This is what I love about the gift of automatic bill pay. Whenever that comes in, and my first 10% goes back to God, it shows that I have faith that the 90% 
that God has entrusted to me to keep is more than sufficient to meet all of my physical needs I have on earth. That it will take care of my home, my mortgage, my car, my insurance, everything else that I, even the fun. And, and just, just so you know, don't let your money own you. Own your money and enjoy your money. Like there's no reason to, to be a tightwad and not enjoy everything. But God has entrusted to you 90%. And whenever you trust God, you're saying, God, I trust you. Whenever you give it that 10%, I trust you. I want to prove my faith that what you have given me is more than enough to meet all of my needs. Whenever we don't give up the first fruit, what we're actually saying in, in our minds without maybe ever articulating it is, I might give if. Meaning that we make tithing and being obedient to Scripture to give of our first fruit. Some of you are like, is this Old Testament, New Testament? We're going to get to that in a second. But whenever we don't give of our first fruits, number one, not only are we not prioritizing God above everything else in our finances, which is a problem because we're to seek the Lord our God first above all else. But what it also does, whether we realize it or not, is it makes being faithful to God in our finances two things, optional and conditional. And this is what we have done. Can you imagine if in our life we're like, all right, God, I'm going to be faithful in everything, but when it comes to telling the truth, I'm going to make that optional. If we're like, Lord, I know that you've told me not to murder, but I'm going to make it optional just in case my neighbor makes me real mad. If we're like, Lord God, I know. I know that, that you say not to steal, not to covet. But there might be a situation where I don't think things are good enough and I might have to do one of those things, so we make it optional. Can you imagine what your life would be like if in any other area of obedience to God you made it optional? And here's the second thing we do. We make it conditional. God, I will tithe... If at the end of the month, I have enough left over to give you. Have y'all ever thought through this process? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. God, if I have enough left over at the end of the month, then, then I promise I'll be faithful to give you that 10%. And th this is what happens. Optional and conditional giving. At best, just by the nature of it, you give God your leftovers. Not your first, not your best, not your priorities, just what you might think is okay in your own mind. So catch this. When giving becomes optional or conditional, it is completely and totally unbiblical. And some of you are like, okay, I need a biblical guide to walk through tithing. Why is it so important? So we go back to our test. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Everybody understand, regardless of how much money you think you have or don't have, you are wealthy. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops, verse 10, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine or grape juice. Giving first aligns your faith with God's word. And I want to walk through this. Tithing was a practice in Israel. In the book of Genesis, we see this in chapter 28, 23, 22. It says, Then Jacob made a vow saying, 
if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I will return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, okay? So right here he's saying, look, I'm gonna take a step of faith, but I'm not really sure about God. But if God proves to be true in my life, if he is my God, if he's my God, verse 22, and the stone that I have set up as a pillar would be God's house, and all that you've given me, I will give to you a tenth. So Jacob is saying, God, if you're my God, I'm gonna give you a tenth. So that's how it's initiated. In Leviticus, the, the law, the tithe is codified. Leviticus 27, 30 through 32. This is where the tithe not becomes an idea or a suggestion or a code. It becomes a law, right? A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from soil or first fruits or from the tree belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must tithe a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth of the animal that possesses under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. Everybody say the word holy. How many of you, whenever you talk about your giving, talk about it as being holy? Do we think that tithing makes us holy? Well, the tithe, according to the book of Leviticus, means that it is set apart, that it is holy, and in our tithing, guess what you are? Holy. Because you're obedient. You're holy because you're set apart, aligned with God. And so if tithing makes us holy, what does not tithing do? You answer that question in your own mind. And as you think through this, not only is it codified under the law in Leviticus chapter 27, you can also find it in Exodus 22, 23, 34, Leviticus 23, Numbers 18, Deuteronomy 18. Codified under the law. And then the people of God got dispersed. They were in exile. And then Malachi comes back and Malachi restores the tithe after the exile. Malachi chapter 3, the Lord is talking to his people and they're going back and forth. And the Lord makes this comment, you're robbing me. And Malachi, the prophet for the people of the Lord, speaks out and he says, Lord, how are we robbing you? And the Lord says this, you ask, how are, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that there will not be enough room to store it. God restores the tithe after the exile in the book of Malachi, in the gospel, and in in not the gospel, but in this story of Malachi through the prophet. And in this, we see God initiating a challenge to his people, and he says this, test me. You don't see this in Scripture. Usually what you see is that we are to not put the Lord our God to the test. But in tithing, which I think is so interesting, that this is the topic that he says, test me. He says, test me in this and see if I don't open the floodgates of blessing. Because we believe the Bible, we preach everything in the Bible, right? Right? 
And because we believe the Bible's fully true and trustworthy, we want to do what the Word of God says in every area of our life. So as a church, about seven years ago, we initiated something called the 90-Day Tide Challenge. How many of y'all have heard of this before? Who of you have heard about it? We haven't talked about it in a while. The 90-Day Tithing Challenge is a challenge to every member of our church who is not tithing. There's two parts of it. There's our part and your part. Your part is this. You say, I would like to test God's faithfulness by accepting the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. So what members of our church can do is they can stand before us and they can fill out an agreement. It goes before our financial uh, chairperson and our financial secretary. They'll know about it. And as, as this goes on, basically this is it. You make a commitment that for 90 days, not 89 days, not two months, not one month, but for three months that you're going to start tithing. That is your part. For three months, you'll be faithful to tithe. And then there's our part as a church. This has been unanimously approved as a permanent practice of our church because we believe Malachi chapter three. Here's our part. We commit to you that if you tithe for three months, for 90 days, and God does not hold true to his promise found in Malachi 3.10, a blessing, then we will refund 100% of your tithe, no questions asked. Why would we do something like this? Give you three months of, of your tithe back? Because we believe the Bible is fully true and trustworthy. And when the Lord God says, test me in this, we believe that God will be faithful and true every time. Some of y'all are like, has this ever happened? Yeah, it has. It's happened multiple times. And guess what? Everybody always comes back and they say, Cole, it doesn't make any sense to me. I rearranged my giving. I started tithing. And I have more money now than I ever, ever have. And some of you are like, does it always work that way? No. But I will tell you what you always have, regardless of the money in your bank account, you have blessing beyond measure. But there's no question asked. You want to do that? No questions asked. Now, some people are like, yeah, that's Old Testament giving, but what about the New Testament? Well, in Matthew and Luke, the tithe was reinforced by Jesus. In Matthew and Luke, it was reinforced. So as you have the Gospels, they often line up and share the same story. So, so the same story is told in Matthew 23 and Luke 11. And this is Jesus' word to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected weightier matters of the law. Y'all catch that? Matters of the law, meaning that the tithe is part of the law that Jesus is reinforcing, but they had neglected justice and mercy and faithfulness. Just by a little, oh, aha moment in here, God doesn't just want your money. God doesn't want you to just align your heart with his. He doesn't want you to prove that you trust him as your provider only. He also wants us to be men and women of justice and mercy and faithfulness as well. God doesn't want part of you. He doesn't compartmentalize you. He wants all of you for you to live for him in all things always because that's what God is. That's who he is. All encompassing. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He's reinforcing that the tithe is part of being a faithful, obedient follower of God. And then in Hebrew, we see that the tithe is universalized through Melchizedek. This is what it says in verse 4. See how great the man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. 
And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, through these also the descendants of Abraham. But this man who does not have descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior, right? It is beyond dispute that we are not blessed by the superior. We are. We are blessed by God. Verse 8. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom the law is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. So what we see throughout Scripture is that the tithe is biblical, and to be obedient, we have to tithe. It is a matter of trust, not a matter of finances. It is a matter of obedience, not a matter of finances. So God help us if we ever make this conditional or optional if we claim and desire to live for the Lord God Almighty. Because we are to tithe from everything from the land, whether from grain or soil or fruit or trees, because it belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. God is the giver of every perfect gift and we are to be stewards of everything that he's given to us. And just as, as a word, I was having a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago about tithing, and they made this comment to me, and they're like, Cole, I don't believe in tithing like that. I believe that tithing is really based off feelings. I was like, okay. Where in Scripture does Jesus ever tell us that obedience is based on feelings? We are to be faithful and obedient in all areas of our life, whether we feel like it or not, because God is not just our Savior. He is also our Lord. Now, as you think through this, we see giving aligns our heart with Scripture, but God has given this gift of giving because it also aligns us with his work. See, there's this fact that happens when you honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, that God merges your heart to what he's doing in, through, and around you. So what I want to do now is move into more of a testimony, more of a testimony of giving. Because tithing is not uncomfortable for me because our finances are good as a church. Tithing's not uncomfortable for me because I'm one of the, the few, and some of y'all might say weirdos, that actually love tithing. I love giving, and tithing is easy for me. And so I want to share with you just seven things about tithing that, that give my life and my heart joy. Number one, giving makes me more like God. And you might be like, whoa, Cole, really giving? Yeah, giving makes me more like God. I want to prove it to you. We are here as a product of God's generous giving to us. The Bible tells us, for God so loved that he gave. For God so loved the world, you and me and everyone in it, that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It makes me more like God. Number two, giving pleases God. 
If I'm being honest, giving makes me feel good because it's the one thing in the Christian life I get right every time. (laughs) I get it right because I'm disciplined to have my tithe deducted from my paycheck before I even see a cent. Man, that makes me feel good. I never miss. I love it. Giving sets a precedence for my family. There are things over the past three years in our Greater Things relocation effort that we have not been able to do, that we chose not to do, because we wanted to sacrifice for our relocation effort. As a family, we talked about it. And it has become kind of second nature, not for all of my children, but it has for Chloe. I'm going to brag on her a little bit more. I give her a hard time about stuff because she's 16 and a girl and I can do what I want with my child. But she made a pledge to greater things. I remember like seeing it and Christy was telling me about it. I was like, that's a lot of money. How's she going to do that? And Christy looked at me and she goes, God. <laughs> my bad. I love giving because giving connects my heart to First Baptist Rowlett. I love our mission. I love it. I love that we're the perfect place for imperfect people to connect with God and others. All people, all ages, all the time. I love our mission. I love that we got people like Bobby who was moving down one path away from God and his life got radically transformed through the ministry of the church and he shared his testimony with Terry and Terry's life got radically transformed by the gospel message. I love that the waters are stirring every single week and not just one baptism, but multiple baptisms. I love that we have people whose life have been radically transformed walking through here living testimonies and that I get to be a part of it through my giving. I love it. I love how it connects my heart. And if your heart's far from the mission of the church, if you have issues within the church, I want to challenge you to give. Giving also allows me to invest in eternity. When we give, not only do we invest in what's going on here, but we have an investment across the world because we partner with things like the International Mission Board. Giving makes me realize a provider. I love that. I love that if I give in gratitude, it's almost impossible to lack gratitude for what God has given to me. Giving is such a gift that we just miss. And so I want to give you two challenges from this. Number one, evaluate your giving. I'm not here to make you feel bad. And some of you may never tithe. Maybe you're not ready to do that, the 90-day tithe challenge. Maybe, maybe what you're like is, you know what? I haven't been faithful at all, and, and 10% seems like, like a lot, so I'm just going to trust God with 2% or 5%. Just evaluate your giving. And, and, and maybe your prayer is something like, God, I, I want to trust this, but I'm such a numbers guy. I'm such a numbers gal. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. So, Lord, just help me to be obedient. Help me to be faithful. Help me to align my heart with you. Just evaluate it. Just evaluate it. Just take an honest look. Look at your bank statement. Look at your credit card statements. Just evaluate it. And then number two, what, what, I, what I really hope you can do is enjoy your giving. Like take a step back and think about how good it is that you get to give. How good it is that you get to support the mission of the church. What a gift it is that you get to be a part of life transformation, investment in eternity. And truly, just make a decision where you say, I will place first importance on obedience. 